Destination Eat Drink is up next, but first, listen to this great other show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Stacy Pressman, and I'm the host of the Pressman Hour Podcast, along with my co-host, Angela Riley. I'm a comedian, I'm a provocateur, and I like to talk about everything and anything that comes to my head. Me and my co-host, Angela, we kind of fight about stuff. Sometimes we have great guests, so if you have like an hour to spare and you're not doing anything, Listen to the Pressman Hour on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Upscale soul food, the war of the breakfast tacos, and a beer can museum. This week, we're in Houston, Texas. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we explore a different city and talk about the great dishes and drinks to try there. This week, we're on the hunt for the best chicken sharma, eating rice balls for freedom, and of course, lots and lots of tacos. We're in Houston, Texas. But before we travel to H-Town, let me remind you to subscribe to Destination Eat Drink when you do. You'll get all the great foodie cities of the world automatically downloaded to your phone, tablet, or computer. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, including radiomisfits.com. Now, before we talk to Star Galani about Houston, we got to acknowledge the reality of the coronavirus. Travel obviously has been hugely impacted by coronavirus, not just internationally, but domestically as well. People are hunkered down in their apartments. As I talk to you, I've been hunkered down for several days in my own apartment and had to cancel a trip to Italy. So we're all dealing with the impact of this coronavirus, and it doesn't look like things are going to change anytime soon. Best predictions are a few weeks. Others are saying it could be months before things return back to normal. So that said, when I talked to Star Galani, it was before this whole coronavirus came in and devastated the travel industry. As of today, Star has suspended her tours until at least the beginning of April and perhaps farther depending on how this thing unfolds. We'll have to just wait and see. But Star, being a good person and a, a proponent of her community in Houston, has put up links on her website to all the restaurants that she normally travels to during her food tours in Houston. So if you're in Houston or wherever you are, really, you should be supporting your local restaurants. You can do this by ordering takeout food or ordering delivery food. Most restaurants now are closing down, not allowing patrons to sit inside, but they still offer delivery and takeout food. And Star's got links to all of these, and the link to her website is in the show notes. Okay, that said, here's Star Galani, star of Best Bites Houston, talking about her love of her city, Houston, Texas. Destination, eat, drink. Star, what I love about 
Best Bites Houston is that you do the food tours, but with the food tours, there's also historic and cultural aspects to it. If we take a Best Bites Houston tour, what are some of the historical and cultural experiences that we can expect? Well, that's true. There's there's plenty, and I'm excited to say it in that way. Um, both our tours actually combine a lot of history, architecture, and culture, and some of the things that you would find on our uh, Bites and Sights tour, which is usually done on Saturdays, um, are places like the Cone House, which is a house that was built in 1905 by a gentleman named Arthur Cone, who was affiliated really closely with Rice University and William Marsh Rice. Um, and that neighborhood, that whole downtown area that we kind of walk around used to actually be a neighborhood called Quality Hill. So uh, to be able to see one of the homes of Quality Hill, along with uh, a lot of the big trees that are in one of our parks called Discovery Green that originate from these this neighborhood of Quality Hill is is like a true experience. Um, you kind of you're able to connect the now with the then and it's pretty fascinating. Um, and then in our historical craft cocktail tour that we usually do on Fridays and Sundays, Sundays. There are so many historical elements because we're literally in um, the historic, the only commercial historic district of the city of Houston. Um, and I love saying it that way because I truly believe it's the only glimpse of our commercial and historical past uh, that you're able to see with your own eyes, kind of standing in the middle of um, this park where the first city hall was. And then you're looking at these um, old buildings that have been around since, gosh, when the city was first founded, there's um, a commercial building called La Caroff, which is a bar now that originates from 1861 that you get to see. And, oh, cool. Yeah. And, and this bar has kind of been a family business um, for a few decades now. And uh, Miss Carolyn, who's the current owner, actually um, got it from her uh, brother. He was the one that her originally founded both these historic bars in Market Square. And he ended up passing away. So she took over and has been taking care of them for over like the last 50 years. She joked that um, during Hurricane Harvey a few years ago that people still wanted to get a drink. And so she was at the bars making cocktails uh, during Hurricane Harvey. So perfect that 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 describes the Houston spirit so well, I think. All right. Hurricane's coming. Let's get a Lone Star. <laughs> yep, that's that's precisely right. And, um, you know, those are just some of uh, the areas that you see. And, you know, Houston is. I feel like hasn't been so great at preserving its history. Honestly, a lot of the things have been either burnt down or torn apart because um, that value system didn't come into place until this organization named Preservation Houston kind of uh, was developed. Uh, but I love that we're trying to save the history now. And, you know, there are people like Jim Parsons, who I work with really closely um, to learn this information about the city and share it with locals and visitors alike, because I kid you not, like people that have probably been born and raised in Houston couldn't tell you where, how, and when the city was founded or anything about the history of Houston. So although I wasn't born here, I, I'm so excited to be able to share that story and kind of give people a glimpse into, you know, where they're from in a way. Star, I saw Houston described as the most number one diverse city in the United States. And that's not something that would pop into my mind immediately, the most diverse, although I think of Houston as a diverse city. What are some of the ethnicities that make Houston home and how can we as visitors experience some of the food that those folks have brought with them? Wow. I wish there was an ethnicity that I couldn't name. That's how <laughs> right. diverse 
feel like the city of Houston is. And uh, this is a shameless plug, but taking a food tour is a great way to of course. To the city of Houston. And that's pretty much how I've crafted all of my food experiences is for the people that live here and that are from afar to taste the diversity of Houston. Uh, so let me just give you an example of some of the stuff that we would just eat in downtown during our tour. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about some of the other areas that you can experience as a visitor. Sounds good. Just on our tour, you can get anything from Tex-Mex to French to upscale soul food, Osakan cuisine, um, farm to fresh ingredients, a lot of local, local people that have made Houston their home, um, starting these businesses, these restaurants, you know, within the last 10 years. And it's um, really exciting. Like we eat things like um, at this place called the Rustic, we have two different types of tamales, a pork and a brisket tamale. But you know how usually tamales are a little dense. Uh, these aren't because of um, the specific curated recipe that only involves these um, cornmeal that come directly from Waco, Texas. Oh, nice. There's a lot of like um, detail that goes into each of these tastings too. And all of our partners are that passionate about not only their cuisine, but Houston cuisine as a general in general. Like one of the French restaurants we go to named Brasserie du Parc is owned by a husband and wife couple named Chef Philippe Verpion and Monica Bouille. And Chef Philippe is like a master chef of France. And he's very, very uh, particular about really making sure his cuisine is authentic. And our guests love that because they're really being able to taste something like a crepe that you eat a lot, you know, like I'm sure you can find a crepe anywhere, but to eat it in a very classic French style with a little bit of strawberries and some fresh churned Chantilly cream is just like a whole nother level of (laughs) eating a crepe, you know? Oh man, sounds great. Oh, it's so delicious. My mouth actually starts watering when I talk about (laughs) this story. And like I mentioned, I was born and raised in uh, Dubai, so I ate a lot of chicken shawarmas. Uh, Do you know what that is? No, because I was going to ask you about that, Star. Tell us about shawarmas. What is it and how do we get some when we're in Houston? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, chicken shawarmas are my life and I always joke (laughs) with my tour guests too because while I was growing up in Dubai one thing that I realized was that we always got our groceries delivered to us and I realized I could tell my grocery guy to bring me shawarmas from around the block because you know how you find tacos everywhere in Mexico you kind of see a shawarma stand in every corner in the Middle East I feel like but particularly Dubai so it's the street food of Dubai yeah I would say even the Middle East but specifically Dubai there's so many there's like every corner has a stall with their own type of variation to the recipe but it's a very common Middle Eastern snack I would say so this particular chicken sharma that I, I serve on my tour is from a what international market called Phoenicia specialty foods and market bar uh, Phoenicia has two locations the original one is on Westheimer and their second location is in downtown where uh, we stop by for our tours and it's been a family business for over 37 years now and this chicken shawarma recipe that we eat is actually a 37 year old shawarma recipe as well because that's how the the Phoenicia brand was born um, out of these shawarma recipes anyways the shawarma pretty much traditionally starts off with a fresh pita bread at Phoenicia they make it in-house on this 13 foot conveyor belt that literally all it does is pop shawarma out all day. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, the bread, the pita bread out all day. 
I just want to eat shawarma all day. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what they do is they use a local purveyor for some chicken that's traditionally halal. They marinate this chicken overnight, and the next day it gets on this particular skewer almost. And they kind of, you know how you flatten out chicken fried chicken? A similar method is used to kind of thin out the chicken pieces a little bit before they're all kind of stacked on top of each other on this reticular skewer and it goes into pretty much a reticular rotisserie and it rotates for about an hour and a half before they make the first few slices of that piece of chicken. Uh, what's amazing and very unique at uh, Phoenicia is that they make their own garlic aioli in-house and then they also put some fresh tomatoes, that chicken that was just sliced, but this is the, the best part about the shawarma, which is not very common. They take potatoes and baste them in the juices of the dripping chicken and then stuff them into the shawarma as well. I think I could just eat the pita slathered in garlic aioli for a snack <laughs> all day long. It's so good. And it's it's definitely um, something that you should try in Houston because we have a huge Middle Eastern population. And besides Phoenicia, there's shawarma king. There's Cafe Leal that serves great shawarmas. Um, I could literally name you 20 places because I've had them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Upscale Soul Food Star. What is Upscale Soul Food when it comes to Houston and where would we go to get some? I would definitely make my one stop to culture for some Upscale Soul Food with um, Chef Dawn, who is a phenomenal chef here in the city of Houston. And her whole goal is to kind of pay an homage to her ancestors. So she's taken a lot of classic recipes and and put her own twist to them. Um, not just a modern twist, but a twist of kind of love. Uh, for example, what we serve during our tours, and um, you can get on your own, are a, a trio of items that we serve. The first one is a um, fried okra. I'm not sure if you've had fried okra before, but you know how it's usually... Slimy. Well, um, not this one. This is actually cut vertical on a bias. And it's a tempura fried with the tempura batter instead of a cornmeal batter. So it's crunchy and airy and it's served with this spiced tomato puree that's all made 100% in-house every single day. My favorite item there, though, that we also serve is the callus and collard uh, dip. Have you ever heard of, had a spinach and artichoke dip before? Sure. So you can see that the collard dip is very similar to a spinach and artichoke dip, but with instead of spinach, you're using collard greens, which are traditionally used in Southern um, cuisine. And then have you ever heard of what a collis is? No. Awesome. And I hadn't before I met Chef Don either. But pretty much back in the day, in the historic times, women would use rice uh, from the entire week that they had saved up. And on Sundays, they would make these uh, fried rice dough balls that would kind of be similar to a donut hole. And they would sell them. And all the money that they would get from selling these um, dough balls, they would use to purchase their freedom. And hence why these um, callus balls are actually nicknamed freedom balls. Oh, wow. That is yeah. so cool. Right? So Chef Dawn was like, okay, how can I make this my own but still pay an homage to my ancestors? And so what she did was create her own uh, rice dough ball but made it in a savory nature and served it as like a utensil to use for your collard dip instead of chips. And it is literally a game changer. <laughs> oh, man. So is it just rice or is there something else? Uh, what what holds it together when you fry it? Well, basically, these cause balls definitely have a lot of rice in them. And she puts other starchy Asians to kind of bring it all together and as well as a little cornmeal. Um, but it's I, I think you have to taste it to really be able to experience what's inside of them. We're in Texas. Let's talk mm -hmm. tacos, because when I lived in Austin, 
there was always this rivalry between Austin and San Antonio. Who makes the best tacos, especially who makes the best breakfast tacos? Yep. I'm sure that Houston is in that mix, too. But Austin and San Antonio are so close together. They're always kind of fighting over tacos. Tell me about uh, tacos in Houston and specifically breakfast tacos. So tacos in Houston are a big deal, too. I know people think that they were maybe like they say that they were invented in San Antonio, but I'm going to just go with saying that I think they were invented here because that's how good they are. (laughs) And that's different varieties you can find pretty much from taco trucks to taco stands and gas stations or actual really great concepts of restaurants that are just based on tacos all exist in the city of Houston. Um, My favorite breakfast tacos is definitely kind of very rooted back to my childhood because I grew up in um, a little town called Sugarland, which is about 35 minutes down from downtown Houston. And there's a mom and pop shop called Solis Taqueria. They, while I was growing up, they were cash only, didn't have a phone. um, (laughs) And there's still no parking lot there. It literally looks like a shack in the middle of 90, which is, um, and Dulles, which is like a, an area in Sugarland. And now they actually take credit cards, which is a huge blessing. But um, I grew up eating the Eric taco pretty much every week with my friends. That was our let's get to the Solis before we have to get to our class in high school. (laughs) And my sisters and I are still obsessed with it. And although my sisters and I don't live together anymore, we try to meet up again once a week to go eat Solis together. Um, And the Eric's taco is so popular because it's an egg, potato, and avocado mixture with a little bit of cheese. It is all good. You know, I love your description of the taco joint because in Austin, it's the same thing. I would take people back when we lived there, you take people and there would be like a little shack in front of a gas station and people would be, why are you taking us here? Wait, (laughs) this this is the legit place you got to go. Yeah. And then another taco place that I go to now or Mexican restaurant that has great breakfast tacos is La Tapatia. And there's a few different locations around Houston, um, near downtown and near um, West Houston, as well as the Galleria area. And their breakfast tacos are the bomb because I like eating my eggs, sometimes Mexican style. And so uh, that pretty much means it already has a lot of spices, onions, bell peppers, jalapeno, uh, sometimes tomatoes as well. And um, yeah, they're so delicious. I think I'm going to get some today now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before I went to Texas the first time, I'd never heard of a colache. And yeah, we we didn't have them in Chicago, or maybe they do, but I've never heard of them. We didn't have them in New England, or maybe I'd never heard of them. But in Texas, they're everywhere. So describe for folks what colaches are and where to get the best ones in Houston. So a colache is, um, I believe, it roots back to a Czech um, pastry is a good way to describe it. And in Houston, like we are one of the most diversity. So there's a lot of locals that have been making um, this particular pastry called a kolache for generations. And uh, my favorite one and the one that's most historic is a um, kolache shop called the kolache shop. <laughs> it's actually called kolache shop. <laughs> there's two locations now in the Houston area. The one that's closest to me is on uh, Richmond and West Lane. And I love going there because it was when it was, I think it was originally founded in the 80s uh, by this gentleman. um, And he was making them for about two decades before this husband and wife couple. They were regulars at um, the Kolachi shop. And one day the owner told him that he was looking to sell. And instead of um, them letting him sell it to someone, they literally were like, please teach us the recipe. We'll buy it from you. We love this place. (laughs) 
place. Wow. And um, the rest is history. Now they have a second location and they've kept the same recipes and a lot of the same procedures. And what's really unique about uh, Kolachi shop is not only do they have a traditional Kolachi, which can be um, a pastry with uh, a fruit filling or a um, pastry with meat fillings. They actually have one with a from with brisket from a local barbecue joint called Pinkerton's. So you're able to even experience a brisket egg and cheese kolache or even just a brisket and jalapeno kolache, which is literally what I feel like is in true Texas form that you should try when you're in Houston. Yeah, the kolaches, it's great because you can get sweet ones, you can get savory ones, you can get them for breakfast, you can get them for lunch, you know, as a, as a portable snack. That's what's so great about kolaches, I think. Exactly. And the one that uh, my, my favorite at Kolachi shop, my favorite um, sweet one is their lemon curd, and it's only like two twenty five. I, I just don't even understand how it's just two twenty five. I feel like it's at least five dollars because of how the size and how delicious it is. What about vegetarians? If folks, I think folks are sometimes uh, reluctant about Texas because it's things they think are so meat centric. But how would a vegetarian do if they came down to Houston? I think they would do great. Actually, I eat more vegetarian food these days than I do meat because there's so much to offer here in Houston. And I have vegetarian tastings at all of my tours as well, because I, I, I do think that Houston has great vegetarian food to offer if you're just looking in the right places. Um, the first place or area that I would definitely recommend to any vegetarian is Houston's Little India District, which is off of 59 and Hillcroft. The whole area, that whole complex, it has pretty much majority vegetarian restaurants and you can try anything from Indian vegetarian, Indian Chinese vegetarian, um, Pakistani vegetarian, sandwiches, pastries, breads, mitais, which are sweets, anything under the sun in that complex if you're a vegetarian. There's also great restaurants like Flower Child or pretty much any great Houston restaurant will have great vegetarian options because our city is very progressive in terms of being able to accommodate dietary restrictions. This goes beyond vegetarians. We, I know restaurants that have gluten-free, dairy-free options on the fly. Uh, all the partners that I work with are able to make gluten-free and dairy-free tastings, um, as well as entrees for pretty much any dietary restriction. And that's what I love about this city so much. We're talking to Star Gilani of Best Bites Houston. Star, here's a question. What's your favorite little hole-in-the-wall spot, a place where you might drive by and not even think twice about, but serves the most awesome food? I definitely will say Flying Idlis is definitely one of those spots. There's so many I will talk about Flying Idlis today because that's what I'm currently craving. Um, that's my <laughs> craving that I woke up with. Um, Flying Idlis is also owned by, um, it's a local concept. It's owned by this guy named Kartik that I met a few years ago. And he started making Idlis after quitting his corporate job because he just enjoyed making food for other people. And um, have you ever had an Idli? Do you know what an Idli is? No. What is it? How, how do you spell it, first of all? It is spelled I D. L-I, Idli. Idli. Okay. And and what is it? I've never even heard of this. And Idli is pretty much fermented rice that's um, put in this pot and then steamed. And so it's pretty much a fermented rice cake that's steamed. Um, and it's a very, very common breakfast item in um, South India and uh, parts of North India as well. 
Um, and I, it's, it is something that I grew up eating when visiting India, but uh, the best ones in Houston, and especially for breakfast, lunch are definitely flying at least. And it's located in this like shopping complex uh, next to this really, really good Colombian restaurant. Yes, you can find an Indian restaurant and a Colombian <laughs> restaurant right next to each other. Perfect. Right chicken uh, place, literally all three of them right next to each other, only in a city like Houston. Um, and so, yeah, they're delicious. To, it, it is a hole in the wall, but it is delicious and just amazing. You know, Star, I know you're not from Italy, but I, I think you have some Italian extraction in there somewhere because the Italians are the ones who say things like what you say. I woke up thinking about this today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm planning dinner when I when I wake up first thing in the morning. We're having lunch, but we're talking about what we're going to make for dinner. It's it's like It's a very Italian thing. That's definitely all me. My fiance hates it. I think he finally like come to terms with this is just the person that I am. And he's un- he- he's not so resistant to it. But I remember when we first started like living together and um, I was like, well, I think I'm craving this today. And he's like, what do you mean craving? Like you need greens. <laughs> like you-, you need to get your life together. <laughs> <laughs> Your company offers a booze bites and historical sites tour, and this is kind of like maybe a happy hour tour with food. What are some of your favorite cocktails on this tour? So I tell, like I tell all my guests, I'm a very bougie drinker. I don't really stick to any traditional drinks. Like I don't think I've had like a club soda and. Tito's or something in so long because all of my partners spoiled me and that's pretty much what my guests get to drink. So some of the things that we drink on this tour include a, a lavender martini, we have uh, green tea punches, we have this um, coffee-based shot that's called a brown grasshopper. Um, and you know what's crazy is this is always changing as well. So it's so hard to name drinks because every week we're kind of serving different things uh, that we're testing and um, are are good for that season because, you know, Houston, the weather changes every day. Like it could be really cold today and really hot tomorrow. So we take all of that into consideration when crafting these these drinks as well. Um, And then we go to a lot of cool places too. Like we go to a tiki bar, we go to a rooftop bar called Lawless, which is inside of the Rice Hotel which is a historic hotel uh, that's been around, uh, gosh, since the 80s um, when it was rebuilt by Jesse Jones and reopened in 1913 as the new Rice Hotel. Uh, So it's very, very historic. And that's where we kind of go for some smoked old fashions. Um, So, yeah, it's always changing and it's really, really good. You know, there's so many neighborhoods in Houston, Star. What are some of the neighborhoods that we should be sure and visit when we come to Houston? Downtown, definitely. I think it has so much to offer and it's um, you get to see a lot of action, I feel like, in downtown. And like you mentioned, it Houston is very big and there are a lot of districts. So if it were to me, I would say go to each one. <laughs> but um, if you can't, uh, I would say around downtown, I would definitely visit Montrose for food and drinks. Um, Midtown, I would visit more for a party scene. If you're someone that likes to go out after 11 p.m., Midtown is your area to go downtown as well but I lo- I definitely do like the bars um, in Midtown a little bit better sometimes um, I would also visit Chinatown it's um, huge the food offerings are beyond measure and they're all very very authentic um, what else the museum district is also really really great um, Herman Park is beautiful I love Miller Outdoor Theater it is um, our largest outdoor theater here in Houston that's um, connected to 
uh, Herman Park. And it has a lot of free entertainment that you're able to check out when you're visiting. Um, it's really fun to have a picnic at as well. If you do decide to catch a show, be sure to pack a picnic and uh, watch the show on the hill and enjoy some time with your loved ones, you know. Sugarland is where I'm from, which is a little um, suburb outside of Houston that I also recommend checking out. Um, where you have, we're over close to the Baps Mandir, which, um, if anybody doesn't know what that is, a Mandir is a, a place of worship for Hindus. And we have one of the most beautiful temples here in Houston that's very close to Sugarland and Solis. So you can maybe grab tacos and visit the Mandir on the same day. <laughs> yeah, there, Houston has. I, I would say countless options. And one of the things that I love doing is through my blog, uh, when people are visiting town, they tend to message me on my Instagram account, Star Eats, uh, to let me know where they're staying. And I love making recommendations of food places that are near them, as well as that are worth visiting that are a short drive away. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to do that as well for any of your folks that are listening. Perfect. You mentioned Star the Museum District, and Houston is renowned for its fantastic museums. What are some of your favorite museums? My all-time favorite definitely has to be the Manil. The Manil is where I go at least once every few months uh, because I'm a very, um, I love surrealism art, uh, so I love visiting the Manil. The Museum of Fine Arts is also beautiful and has a lot of great rotating exhibits. I also really like going to the Natural Science Museum because there is a butterfly dome there, uh, which pretty much is a space with a lot of butterflies and you feel like you're in a rainforest. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really great for kids and adults, I would say. Um, uh, those are probably the ones that I visit most often, but I have also been to the Holocaust Museum, the Beer Can Museum, which is really cool <laughs> to check out. <laughs> um, I've kind of gone to all of them, but I would say those are my favorites. All right, Beer Can Museum. We got to talk about this because when you say Houston and a Beer Can Museum, the image that pops into my mind is some guy's garage with all the Lone Stars that he's drunk in the past 40 years. I'm sure it's not that. Tell me what the Beer Can Museum is like. It's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. There's a, a lot of uh, beer can bottle caps and cans like all surrounding it. And it's um, if I'm being honest, I went there pretty intoxicated with my friends after like a day of day drinking. So um, all I remember doing there is taking pictures and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like a blast. Any other spots that we should say this is a can't miss? It doesn't have to be a gigantic popular spot, but um, spots that you tell folks to go to when they come to Houston. I always tell people to try Aga's, uh, which is an Indian and Pakistani restaurant uh, located in the southwest side of Houston. It probably has the best Indian and Pakistani food um, I've ever had, not even just in Houston. They have great consistency. And I will warn you guys, though, there are always lines. So I would just go prepared to be in a little bit of a queue. The Breakfast Club is also another one that will definitely have a line, but it's an iconic breakfast spot that people like Beyonce have also uh, visited. Right. And it's a really delicious. I would say it is a little bit pricey, but I think it's totally worth the price and the wait. It's um, really an experience. It's a Houston dining experience, I'll say. I, would, I wouldn't leave without trying Aqua Essence Chinatown because I'm a huge soft serve nerd. Um, I also really like soju, which is um, Korean based alcohol, I guess you can say. And there's a, a restaurant called Own in Chinatown, um, where you kind of feel like you've been transported to some part of Korea. And um, you're eating 
a bunch of food like soy glazed wings, cream or uh, creamed corn. Um, cr- there's this like, um, I can't even remember what, what it's called right now, but basically what I left to drink there is their soju watermelon. It's this huge watermelon that's filled with alcohol and a little bit of watermelon juice. And it has a, a, t- a nozzle on it. So you and your friends can just keep, you know, drinking away. <laughs> oh my God. I, I've become obsessed with Korean food. We just saw Parasite, um, a little while ago, and now I'm obsessed with Korean food and, I think this would be a great place to stop by when we come to Houston. 100%. And hit me up. I'll definitely come with. (laughs) Well, Star, I think you are just about the best ambassador for Houston that the city could ever ask for. Um, When people come down to Houston, tell them how to get in touch with you and how to book a tour at Best Bites Houston. Yeah, you can reach me in a lot of different ways. I am literally all over the Internet. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Star Eats or at Best Bites Houston, and you can book a Saturday tour, a Friday or Sunday tour, or like hop into any of our public tours at www.bestbiteshouston.com. And if you have six or more friends, just send me an email and we can come up with the custom experience anytime during the week or the weekend uh, that works best for your group. Star Gilani, thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. You were just fantastic to talk to. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed myself. I got to say, those rice balls of freedom sound like the way to go when you visit Houston. Star is definitely a cheerleader for her town of Houston, Texas. Her enthusiasm just comes through when you talk to her. Well, be sure to get over to DestinationEatDrink.com if you're sequestered in your home or your apartment. We've got all the podcasts that we've done listed at DestinationEatDrink.com. If you want more of Texas, episode 12 is about Austin. And in episode 15, we talked to Kevin Russell of the group Shiny Ribs and the Gourds and his favorite places in Texas. And one more note about the podcast, Cat Neville, who we talked to on episode 35. Her show, Tastemakers, has a new season on PBS. Now would be a good time to binge watch it while you're in your house with nothing to do. It's really great. I highly recommend it. And remember, Star is not currently doing tours with Best Bite Houston as the coronavirus plays out there and all over the country and all over the world. She told me that she is planning to start tours up again in April, but of course that is fluid depending on what the situation is with coronavirus. Well, that's going to put a bow on another episode of the podcast. Join me next week for a trip to a truly amazing foodie city, San Sebastian, Spain. And in these times of uncertainty, couldn't we just use a great virtual trip to a wonderful city like San Sebastian. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thank you, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I will see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.